do you want to grow? Absolutely. Snooze, you lose. Stand still, you're moving backwards. Welcome to I Want to Grow, and today is one of the greatest days because I've got one of these guests with me that I've known for some time now, quite a long time, and this guy, our podcast is exactly that, I Want to Grow, and this guy, you can look up and say, of course he wants to grow, but more from his side, he wants to help others grow, and I've seen what he's done in Qatar for these last years, and I'm telling you now, this guy is is such a great guy and what he's done for others and how he's helped them get along that path to the where they want to be is incredible so indica i'm so glad that you've come on the podcast my pleasure steve and and, i'm and glad to be here i'm i i always ask people you want to grow right absolutely yeah and but but it's right what i said okay it's not about your growth i know you it's not about your growth. It's what you can do for others. And I've seen what you've done for others, and it's magnificent, to be quite honest with you. Um, so please, tell us a, introduce yourself properly and tell us all about okay. yourself. Great. Uh, thank you, Steve, for having me here. So I come from Sri Lanka, and uh, I came to Qatar back in 2008 uh, when things were great that... Uh, back in Qatar at that time and it was a it was a start of a lot of great things um, just before the World Cup was uh, awarded to Qatar and uh, I, I came and joined a private organization here to head their marketing for the technology business because I come from a technology background working in the technology industry back in Sri Lanka and after a couple of years uh, I moved on uh, roles as well and I was uh, very blessed to be a part of a government organization uh, where I was very much involved in the uh, technology industry, information technology industry in Qatar, where I was part of a, uh, multiple projects, uh, where I was able to add value and learn a lot as well yeah. from uh, being part of those initiatives. And uh, then my journey moved on to uh, the current role I'm in, and I was, again, uh, blessed to be a part of the World Cup uh, in Qatar to work for it uh, in uh, in very, you know, very, uh, what can I say, in a very deep and very involved way. Involved was the, an understatement. <laughs> you, you were doing a lot of things. Let me tell you, everybody, he was doing a lot. Yeah, so that, that was a great journey. And I think uh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that someone gets to work in an organization that, uh, and work in an event like the FIFA World Cup. So I, I think that will be a highlight for me for the rest of my life definitely and and let me fill in some of these gaps because you're a humble guy and i know you're a humble guy <laughs> but i don't think there's one hackathon that you haven't been part of or one startup ecosystem uh a, a, a kind of a pitching thing or q 
QSTP or Cubic. You've been part of all of them at one stage, either a judge or whether you're a mentor. There must be hundreds, if must be 500 people. And no, must be thousands. Yeah. Come on. How many do you reckon? Uh, it's been a, quite a few. Uh, it all started back in 2014. Uh, when I was working for a government entity in Qatar, uh, where we were involved in incubation. And that's when I was really uh, drawn to the whole concept of startups, and where I was very involved in uh, uh, developing that program uh, for the organization that I worked for. And since then, it has I've, it's not been no turning back. And, no turning back. Uh, and I've enjoyed every moment of it. And I think I found my, what can I say, uh, true passion uh, to work within the startup ecosystem. Uh, and as you said, and I've, I've learned a lot as well, a lot um, over the years. And I've tried to, from the learnings I've had, I've tried to give back to the ecosystem as well and be a part of the ecosystem. And I think for a startup ecosystem to grow, there are so many multiple roles that come together. And, I, and I'm glad that I've been able to play a couple of them. It's, it's funny you should say that, but we're always learning, right? Yes. So we, I, I don't know about you, but can you remember the first one that you went on where you just don't think you're, it's that imposter syndrome mm-hmm. where you're not worthy to be a mentor or you're not worthy to be absolutely. a judge. Absolutely. I, I remember that back in probably 2015 uh, when I was part of uh, a couple of uh, uh, local programs or hackathons or startup weekends where I was a judge. And I used to think, okay, uh, am, I, am I worthy to be here? And, but I was glad that I was there because I was able to bring a lot of my experiences from the industry, technology industry and the marketing uh, roles that I've done and business development roles that I've done back in Sri Lanka and in Qatar. And I was able to bring those into that and use that experience to share whatever knowledge I could with the, with the startups that were competing. And that was back in 2015. Uh, so since then, I've learned a lot. Right? Dear me, uh, of you. And I'm now able to give probably a lot more than what I was able to give back in 2015 to the ecosystem. Yeah. Because I've learned a lot as well over the years. Yeah. And let, me, let, let us go back because I was probably in Qatar, it's same, same as you in 2008. What have you seen diff- the technology from a technology perspective? Can you remember, there was no e-commerce platforms back then, yes. right? So what is the transformation you've seen from there until now? Uh, I think it's a huge transformation because uh, you're quite right. And back in 2014, th- that's the time uh, startup concept was kicking, kicking course, in, yeah. in in Qatar, maybe a few years before that. Uh, and e-commerce is something new uh, back then in, the, in around 2012, 10-12 yeah. time. And I think we have seen a huge growth since then. And initial periods when things started, there was, not, there was no proper frameworks, right? And I think uh, the, the country also has evolved so much and developed so much. And in order to uh, bring in the resources and the benefits and the processes so that startups can really flourish. Yeah. And, uh, and there's so much of guidance now. Uh, from uh, the different stakeholders like the ministries involved, uh, Ministry of uh, Commerce and Ministry of Technology. Uh, so they have brought so much of resources and uh, frameworks 
that the startups can make use of today yeah. and uh, so that they what, whatever they do now they can do it right uh, whereas so your risk factors are less now yeah. uh, than before yeah. so that's the important part yeah and sometimes you had to be the cavalier right you had to go and live and die by your sword and you had to go and say what you were if you were going to do e-commerce because everybody was telling you're crazy you're absolutely crazy we do everything by a handshake and face to face true it's like we don't, there's no way I'm going to put my credit card into some kind of machine. <laughs> R- remember back then, yeah. it was, and there was no such thing as e-commerce. Yeah, it's a culture shift, I think, because I, it, it's a mind, my, my, uh, mindset shift as well, because uh, e-commerce has been there for much longer than that in the rest of the world, right? And over here, because of the, the geography and the logistic aspects, it took a little bit of time, but I think it, people were using e-commerce with global platforms already. Yeah, of course. Right, with uh, platforms like Amazon or eBay. Yeah. So it was about transforming that user experience to a local scenario. So yeah. that Because there were already people in Qatar that was using e-commerce outside Qatar. Yeah. So now the transition was to make that mind shift change to use e-commerce with, within the local context and to get what you want, whether it's a good of goods or services delivered to your doorstep. But I, I remember back then, and I'm, I, I just come in the UK, we completed, it was about three years that we completed before then. So I've been here 13 years. So it must have been 16 years ago when we put an e-commerce platform into a place called Ronnie Scott's. Within six months, we were taking 1.8 million wow. on an e and, and I thought, when I first came here, I thought, this is going to be happy days. But it, it was just, you just come against, you come up against one brick wall after another yeah. brick wall after another brick wall until you realize that you had to go in a different direction. I wish, and it's a good point that we can talk about, because I wish I would have let stay, stuck with my, um, my own beliefs. Like we see those startups now where they stick to their own beliefs and we see them as success now. I think I walked away from quite a big one back then but in saying that so so when you first came here that must have been a was it a big step was it a scary step as being an expat coming to to um coming to qatar and then kind of coming into this environment that you were coming from a different country completely was it scary not not actually not not really because i had a lot of friends and family already in qatar okay so i've already heard fantastic uh, feedback about the country, yeah. uh, the opportunity it uh, holds for people who want to work here, and uh, how the culture, uh, the the way it is set, where it's very family oriented. So I've heard a lot of very good uh, reviews even before I came. So I don't think I I had any inhibitions or any any fears or at all because uh, there were so many people that I knew who already been in Qatar for years Helps, and right? yeah. uh, it made a lot of it made it a lot easier for me to transition here because of that okay let's talk about family um your 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 son okay he's been on the podcast already yes yes uh, unbelievable what he, he's achieved here uh, with his cricket right yes absolutely so Qatar has given a lot of opportunities for uh, young young people whether it's in uh, technology or business or even in sports so you have you have met my son yeah uh, he, he's achieved quite a lot here as yeah, well incredible young uh, man and was able to play for the 
Qatar national uh, cricket team, under 19 cricket team representing Qatar, which is a which is an amazing thing. And yeah. So that's, I mean, that's something that Qatar has uh, opened up and offered uh, for youth. But I think what we don't realize living here in Qatar is just how great the lifestyle is. Yeah. Zero crime. Uh, absolutely. It's like wonderful places to go, wonderful places to visit, the museums, the kind of the, the equestrian centers. Yeah. It's just phenomenal for somebody to live. And the, the education. Yeah. Look at all those universities that are here. No, I think, I think Qatar has done it amazingly well because uh, every area of life, uh, as you rightly said, uh, there's a lot of thought put into it. Uh, to bring it to the certain standards uh, that suits the culture and uh, also sets the f- platform for people to be able to uh, achieve a lot more and compete at a global level. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's amazing. Who was those um, startups that, that you were working with back then that's gone on to be big successes? I, I can mention two startups and I uh, that was uh, Medi's one. Uh, they've done amazingly well and I'm super proud of them. Uh, Harris and the team and they started in Qatar, uh, Harris and Abdul Al-Kanji and then they moved to uh, the region, expanded outside the Qatar as well and just last year they've exited as well and that's a huge success story for Qatar's huge. startup ecosystem and uh, then we have other startups like um, Urban Point uh, which came as an idea. Uh, back in 2014 or 13 or 14 and today they are a commercially uh, uh, thriving startup uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I can think of those two that from that point onwards that have really scaled and uh, made, a, made a success of themselves. I remember Suzanne and we were in the um, DIC and she was pitching in front of 25, 30 top Qatari businesses um, not businesses um, senior people here um, and they were they're they're kind of they're they're great at not showing their their cards right mm. they're, they're, they're it's all kind of you're not going to get any emotion from them they and you've got a pitch and I always say when you're pitching and somebody doesn't give you anything back mm. it's very difficult to know what they're looking for sure. right but I remember her and and it, she'll always she'll always be down to the best pitch I've ever seen yeah she's where, good where she just absolutely slammed it and she and, and by the time that she finished there must have been about 12 to 15 hands that went up to say I want to put money into your business yeah what are those other, uh, let's name a few that, that we've seen uh, other ones that have all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, that's just worked the grind and they've, they've kind of, they've, they've managed to make it. Yeah, I think in the recent past, I think there's quite a few because I think over the years, the, the scale of the ecosystem growing has been rapid, right? Uh, so obviously with the, with the growth rate increasing, the number of successful startups that have come out from the different programs Qatar has also has increased yeah and I think if you look at today we have quite a f- about at least a few who have who have huge potential uh, of course I, I mean it goes without saying startups like uh, Snonu uh, which uh, which is which is a huge success but uh, uh, apart from that uh, there are the uh, smaller startups that have started boots in a bootstrapping way uh, like uh, skip cash or sea wallet and uh, 
uh, Karti, and we we see quite a few of uh, quite a few of them today. When you look at the individuals, you just said about Snunu. Look at Snunu Hamid. Yeah. What are the, I I I don't think there's a nicer person that you want to succeed, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's got time for everybody. Everybody he's got time for, and he will give you his time, and he'll give you the best advice at what he's learnt from, True. which is unbelievable. You said Carty Mohammed. Yeah. Oh my word! What a nice gentleman. I saw him in Leap. What a great guy he is. Another one. Yeah. You you talk about um, Skip Cash, another Mohammed. Yeah. Mah- my word. Yeah. So there are only a few. I think there are quite a lot more as well. I think even in the. Uh, sports sector there have been startups like uh, find Spon- a player uh, remember find, find yeah. a player uh, then Sponix uh, yeah. oh, Mohammed yeah. so, from Sponix yeah. so there are quite a lot of success stories he was one of my first podcasts um, and I thought because I, I thought there was going to be a language barrier right. I thought it was going to be a real struggle and we mm. still joke about it today mm. and and I, I it was one of the best ones that I've ever been part of and I think there are a couple of others that I missed out probably when I think about it uh, Bonacle is one, which is a huge success story. They just closed their uh, huge funding round recently. Yeah. That's from a, a assistive technology perspective. Then from a health tech uh, point, uh, Druby, uh, which is another success yeah, story yeah, in yeah, Qatar. Yeah. Uh, so I think we have multiple startups that have come out from different startup verticals, whether it's fintech, health tech, sports tech, assistive technology. Then we have... Uh, uh, startups like uh, Ibtika from uh, for edtech solutions, and he's uh, getting his award. Did you see him in? Yes, I yeah, did. He's I getting did. his award yeah. for the SME, yes. and that was that was really. I, I felt really proud for him. It's yes. like it was a really good, um, yeah, to get that. So there, I, I think there are quite a few success stories, and as I said, with the rapid growth in the ecosystem, the num- the number of startups also has increased. Obviously, which are which have been successful over the last year, few yeah. years. I see, and and I know that you've been involved with um, some. You've been involved with virtually, but both of these, I'm going to say, is it Jeng, Jengo? Uh, Huego. 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 Yeah. I always get it yeah. wrong. I always get that wrong, and I do. Ap- I do apologize. Okay, <laughs> but but it's it's kind of that one came from the. Like from they, ideation from a hackathon I think it was and they came all the way yeah. through and all the way and they're doing they're flying at the moment yeah. which is so great to see and another one is um, NavBuddy again yeah. you were part of that because they were part of the hackathon they, when they pitched I think one of their brothers which is who was a very young boy uh, who who did the pitch is one of the best pitchers I've seen in Qatar he, he's a naturally born presenter uh, and uh, obviously the rest of the team took the product forward and uh, made it made it uh, happen and you've got mohammed safar the one that's the head of yeah. um Nabody. the one thing i say with him and i'm going to put a special mention to him because what he does is he's got this this growing um and he's just got one of the biggest shopping malls in qatar i think right now and he's putting his system into um but every hackathon that is out there or um start whatever startup program it is He's there. Yeah. He goes there as a mentor to start with. And then what he does is he joins up in a group. So he becomes one of those startups and he helps them develop. True. And, and three or four competitions now, he goes there and he joins somebody that, that hasn't got a team to be part of. And he joins them and they end up winning. Yeah, I think that's, a, it's, that's the beauty of the startup weekends and hackathons where you bring uh, teams together who have never met with each other. 
and uh, obviously but they are brought together because they have one true passion that is to develop something new uh, so they have a common goal yeah. uh, and uh, that's the beauty of these startup weekends and hackathons and uh, I, I've read that a lot of amazing products and uh, startups have actually emerged out of these startup weekends and hackathons I, I, I find that the bonds that you, you make at those events are unbreakable for the rest of your life. And yeah. I, I, I honestly yeah. believe that because yes. of, the, of the, the way that they come together and they spend all that weekend. Some of them stay all night. I remember yeah, yeah. going a, to the scientific... Some of them are 48 hour ha- hackathons and they sleep, uh, sleep on beanbags. But it's a thriving bed of, of, of opportunities, right? Definitely. So it's always good to look at the glass half full, right? So it's, uh, so I I definitely see a huge potential and it has come from at some point zero to what it is today. Yeah. Right. Uh, So that's a huge growth. And I think, and and it's still growing. And I think, as I said earlier, the rate of growth is increasing. Yeah. That's the important thing. Fintech. That's just growing and growing. That's a huge thing. And I think with the recent uh, fintech strategy being uh, released, uh, that opens up a lot of opportunities for startups so that they have now, they have a lot of guidance in, in to understand uh, the, the, the route that they should take and some of the, the, the policies and the procedures in fintech. Because fintech is a sensitive area, unlike, oh, a, dear, unlike yeah. another, just another typical startup. Yep. So with fintech, you need to be uh, very diligent about the regulatory aspect of it as well. So with the new strategy come out, and I think uh, that's going to really help the startups. And I think they've been waiting for it. Uh, gives for some, a lot of guidance, right? The, the, it gives a lot of guidance for them. And yeah. I think now we will see the the growth of fintech uh, even more. The the growth rate will be more even. Now. Yeah, yeah. Insure tech. That. Yeah, that's a new thing. Whoa. That's a new thing. And with uh, there are a couple of players right now in Qatar as well who's leading it with QIC. Uh, and uh, I've seen many InsureTech uh, startups coming up from Qatar as well now. I'm, I'm going to ask you to make a bold statement right now. Mm-hmm. Just t- tell us what we've seen so far. What are the limitations? What are, what's going to be the next 10 years here in Qatar? So I think it all depends on the startup as well. See... When you're starting something new, you've got to think through where you want to take it, right? And uh, you, you need to know that, okay, Qatar is, this is the geographic uh, space of Qatar. This is the population of Qatar. And when you start your ideation phase, you have to have the end in sight, end in mind at least. So it all matters about, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, I think it goes hand in hand. The opportunity from Qatar is also there. And then the startup also needs to come up with ideas that actually fit into that opportunity. right? So they need to be open. They need to be very uh, knowledgeable. They need to be inform, uh, informed of the opportunities Qatar is opening up. So they need to be, uh, create, create these startups to tap into those opportunities. Yeah. Because if they do that, then there's a huge potential. So sometimes what I've seen is, unfortunately, startups do not think of that aspect. They, yeah. they on their own, incubate an idea and hope it will work. Sometimes it doesn't, yeah. right? Because there is no market need for it. 
so because that's that's a huge important element when you are doing ideation to understand what are the market needs is there a need for this product right uh, so that's the important aspect some startups fail to do that and those are the startups that unfortunately don't go further yeah and the startups who successfully do that who are able to map their ideas and solutions to the market needs yeah they have a much better chance of survival yeah i think i was um and i'm 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 going to put this in this way because i was one of them um if you don't do your market research like you don't really do your market research you become a busy fool absolutely yeah and you just run around and because you've never done enough inform gathered yeah. enough information you'll end up at the end and, and and look around and go what did i achieve oh i done so well yeah. what, what did i achieve somebody back quite a few years back somebody who i considered a mentor in the startup ecosystem when i was when i started off he made this statement once saying you don't know what you don't know yeah right so and i initially i was wondering okay what does it mean then i then it dawned on me what what it meant actually so it really helps you for you to figure out what you don't know yeah by doing that kind of research yeah uh, going out to the market and figuring out what do i need to do yeah. in order to make this right what, what do i need to do if i need to pivot my idea you need to be open for that yeah so because sometimes we cannot have this kind of closed mindset thinking i know everything yeah right and that's the sure form for recipe for failure so something that i always tell uh, startups when i mentor and uh, train them for pitching to investors that investors most often invest in teams uh they like to see who the founders are they very rarely invest in single founders yeah unless it is something wow yeah. right where you don't where you still want to do it even though there's only one founder but generally uh, investors like to invest in teams because they always believe that if the team is right if they have the right characteristics the right attitudes the right passion the right knowledge the qualifications the commitment then everything anything is possible yeah you've done so much within this startup ecosystem so much within the government so much with what you've done do you ever get think to yourself i've done enough now i don't i don't want to do any more <laughs> no i think i've just scratched the surface only when i think about when i see what what are the ecosystems are doing what we are doing is very little still as individual so i what i started doing was some of the things is i realized there were certain gaps so uh i i i went ahead and contacted startup grind sometime back and uh, got the local chapter opened startup yeah. grind doha and steve you've been part of yeah, that yeah, as, a, yeah. as a moderator as well so one of the reasons i i started it in doha was to create that kind of networking platform see for a startup ecosystem to thrive networking is really important because in these kind of events only you meet uh, other co-founders you meet partners stakeholders potential investors so these networking events are really really important and that's one of the reasons that i i wanted to start in doha and uh, then apart from that i i spend a little bit of time with some of the entities in qatar uh, mentoring their startups and also doing some trainings for startups on actually on how to be prepared to pitch to investors 
and that trainings I do purely from my um, first-hand experience of seeing startups pitch to investors and I've uh, how and then seeing how they've succeeded some of them how they have succeeded and how some of them have failed yeah and so there are two very uh, very clear reasons why some of the startups uh, succeed in pitching and some don't now some someone might think that you you will succeed only because you have a great product and uh, and that's why investors want to invest no that is not the reason why they only succeed uh, because there are a lot more other reasons for a pitch to be successful to yeah. investors the preparation of your content and your information is one of course you've got to have a great product right which has which has opportunities and potential to scale and grow and that's that, that's one of the most important things uh, investors look for so that that goes without saying yeah. that your product or your solution or the service that you're offering has to be amazing with huge potential but that is not all the other aspects are your preparation how pre- how well prepared are you for that pitch whether it's a 4 minute pitch 5 minute pitch or whatever it is how well prepared for you uh, are you for it then second is about attitudes and uh, behavior uh, and that's a huge aspect because it makes a big difference of your attitude as a startup when you're meeting investors that could make make or break the whole pitch and then another another aspect is presentation skills and tools you use to position it yeah right and then about the knowledge and information you actually possess about the specific vertical that you are pitching for the product or the service yeah. what yeah. what kind of what area of whether it's a health tech or insure tech or fintech and other market market attributes about it and also about the financial aspect i have seen a lot of times startups going to pitch to investors who lack financial knowledge so when the pitch, when some of the investors when they ask questions about specific financials uh, they are unable to answer those questions so so that's a lack of preparation yep, yep. so something i always tell startups is don't ever ever go and meet a investor or pitch even if you're told to come don't go if you think you're not ready for it yeah because if you go half prepared because sometimes that's the only chance you might get to meet that investor and you if you mess that opportunity up you're never going to get another chance yep. so it's sometimes better to say no i'm not ready yet yeah i I'll come back to you with an appointment to meet the investor and prepare yourself better. Yeah. Because I you don't pitch to investors to try your luck. Yeah. <laughs> right? You you pitch to investors to win. Yeah. Uh, and I also tell startups one more thing, don't ever think that just because you meet an investor and pitch that they're going to sign a check immediately. It doesn't happen like that. Uh, it only happens in reality shows. Yeah. Uh, in real life it doesn't happen like that. a pitch is the objective of a pitch is to make an amazing impression yeah yeah that's it right if you make an amazing impression with the investors that's where the conversation starts for a potential investment it's like that cv right yes <laughs> like right so don't ever go to a pitch competition or a meeting thinking okay i'm coming out of that meeting in whatever number of minutes or half an hour or whatever even yeah uh with a commitment or an investment very very extremely rarely that would happen yeah yeah i i i really do the one thing that i i 
find with you is that you've always got a full-time job. That's the first thing, full-time. And you're always at everything. And you've got startup grind. How many hours are in your day? <laughs> uh, probably my... I, I think my wife might be able to answer that question I'm, better. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to... How does she put up with you? <laughs> no, no, I try to manage, uh, balance it the best way possible because uh, I have a family and I, and I love spending time with my family as well. Uh, and I think I, it's important to balance it. Uh, but uh, if, see, if, if you're a mentor, you should not take the number of startups that you're mentoring, you need to be able to manage it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you should not take more than what you can manage because yeah. it's, it's not fair for the startup as well. Of course. Because you're not giving enough time to the startups that you're mentoring and then you're not, being, then you're not able to do the rest of the work or the work-life balance that you should be having. So right now I'm only mentoring four startups okay. as of now. And that, that takes a little bit of time from me uh, every other week. So that, that's manageable. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes when you're mentoring, it doesn't mean you're mentoring only for that one hour or two hours. And then that's the end of story. Because as a mentor, you need to be able to read a little bit, do a little bit of research, uh, fact finding in order to help the startup as well. So your work does not stop as a mentor from for that two hours. So it, it goes beyond that, because uh, as a mentor, you need to be able to help the startup. Uh, in in multiple ways, yeah. in able to challenge their thinking, uh, guide them in certain ways, in whatever that you, whatever you know, and also as a mentor, you you don't know everything either. Yeah. You, you, you don't know everything, so you need to be able to connect the startup to other mentors who might be subject matter experts that you're not, and I'm not. Yeah, in a subject matter expert in everything, so when I if I'm not. I need to be able to connect that startup with another subject matter expert to get that specific advice. Yeah. So yeah. those things take a little bit of effort and time as well. Yeah. So you should always take on the number of startups that you can actually manage and give the best that you can. I really do thank you for that because thank you for everybody because there, there would be a load of people listening to this podcast now saying, yeah, thank you, Indico, because you've helped me and you've guided me so much. It's untrue. So congratulations. Uh, my pleasure, Steve. And I, I'm, I'm saying this in a very humble way. There are a lot of other people who do this in Qatar. And that's the good thing about Qatar. Uh, and I'm not the only person. And there are so many more who are contributing uh, to uh, the ecosystem. 100%. And uh, that's why the Qatar startup ecosystem is growing. Because there's so much, so much of people who are actually contributing to the success of it and whether it's individuals or institutions and i think uh, there's so much of potential and it's a good good time to be in it what would you what advice would you say and they're startups and they've got these ambitions like crazy what would you say to them right now uh my 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 advice to them is first come to qatar see what qatar uh, offers because a lot of people uh, don't come here and then read news and make their own perceptions. Uh, so my suggestion is always come, find partners here, like uh, passionate people who have the like-minded uh, ways of working with, within startups, partner with them because there's so much potential and uh, because there are so much of industries that are growing in Qatar. 
especially after the World Cup as well, because so much of opportunities have opened up, whether it's in sports tech, now with fintech, and there are so much of programs like TASMU uh, programs. There's so much of opportunities are, are there in Qatar, and, uh, and there's a place for everyone, and it's not only for one specific sector or a vertical. So there's so much of opportunity, uh, whether you're a small uh, startup who's just kick-starting, kick or whether you're a large organization or enterprise, uh, there's so much of opportunity. And, I've, and you, you've been here for some time, and I've been here for 15 years, so I've seen that opportunity only grow, yeah. and it's only going to continue to grow. And uh, so my, what I would say is, come and... Uh, you're the one who's going to benefit out of it. And yeah. so, is, so is everybody around you and the country as well. Everybody, thanks for listening this time. Don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to like. It benefits us all. Thank you very, very much for listening. Until next week, bye for now.